0: You're listening to Conversations on Care, hosted by the Oklahoma Association of Health Plans. We've launched this limited podcast series to share discussions with leading experts on the state of healthcare delivery in Oklahoma today and any changes coming on the horizon. These are the voices of healthcare professionals who are working tirelessly to provide Oklahomans with affordable access to quality healthcare. We're here to share their stories, celebrate their dedication to improving the lives of Oklahomans, and maybe even learn a thing or two together in the process. Hello, and welcome to Conversations on Care by OAHP. I'm your host, Haley Falkenberry, Executive Director of the Oklahoma Association of Health Plans. Today, we get to chat with Dr. Todd Hoffman from Blue Cross Blue Shield of Oklahoma. As the Chief Medical Officer and a native of rural Oklahoma, he brings a deep understanding of what's needed to make quality healthcare accessible to all Oklahomans. Let's dive in to see what he thinks about tackling the unique challenges of rural care. Dr. Hoffman, thank you so much for offering us your time and expertise. Um, Our listeners know, I also grew up in rural Oklahoma, so I'm really looking forward to hearing more from you. Can you start by telling me about your background, all of the fun stuff? I would love to hear more of your story of growing up in rural Oklahoma.
1: All right. Yeah, absolutely. Be glad to. So I grew up in a town called Weatherford. It's about an hour west of Oklahoma city, right down I-40. And I remember when I was growing up in my teens, uh, my grandfather lived out on a farm uh, just uh, west of uh, Weatherford, maybe about 20 minutes or so. But he would grow cotton and wheat. And so my brothers and I would spend summers going up and down the rows of cotton, chopping out weeds with with hoes. It was, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, it was so hot. And we couldn't, I remember we (laughs) couldn't wait to get to the end of the row because they had ice water right there waiting for us and and in the field <laughs> in the field Haley there was one There was one shade tree at the end of one row in this whole, I think it was a 40 acre field or something. So we were, we were dying to get to that tree. So anyway, and we'd also help with wheat harvest and and things like that.
0: (laughs) And I just thought I had it bad having to be out there, you know, with tractors and stuff bailing hay. Apparently you were like doing some real physical labor in your day. Right. All right. So that's some excellent background. We kind of understand where you come from. So what drew you into a career in medicine? Let's hear about that.
1: I think most, if not all, physicians would say, that, you know, helping people. And that's true for me as well. However, my angle was I liked being available to somebody in their worst time that they could ever be. That's what gets me up in the morning. That's what, what, wow. that's what gets me going. So I did a, a residency in emergency medicine, and I did that up at uh, Truman Medical Center in Kansas City. I, I, lo- I love it. It kind of fit my vibe of what i like to do how i Mm -hmm. like to help people i get a lot of gratification just from if somebody comes in extremis um, can i make them better can i do just something a little bit to get get them along. I may not be able to cure them at that point in the emergency department, but maybe I can get them started on the road to healing. And the other thing I like, and don't laugh at this, but I have a very short attention span. So I don't like to see things for a long period of time. I like the variety of what's coming through the door next. I want to be on to the next thing. Once I've treated a patient, I'm ready for the next one. And so I find it exciting not knowing what's going to come to the ER door, right? And be in front of you. And you've got to take on that challenge. I love it.
0: That's amazing. No, I, I totally understand that. You're talking to a girl who cannot play board games because <laughs> I really cannot just sit there and do that. Like Monopoly is like torture to me. Right. Totally understand where you come from on that one. So can you briefly share with us how you ended up in your role with Blue Cross and Blue Shield?
1: Oh my gosh. Oh uh, Wow. So 20 years or, or so um, when I graduated residency, I spent time at the bedside, you know, just taking care of patients. But early on in my career, I started kind of in the administrative role of, of looking at quality of care that goes on in the emergency department. And through a series of events, that role kind of led me into some more administrative things, both in a hospital setting and also in the, the, the clinic setting. I wound up being the, the uh, leading a, a large physician group up here in northeastern, northeastern Oklahoma for a period of time and uh, running not only primary care clinics, but urgent care clinics. And so I say that to say, while still at the bedside, you're directly treating patients, there's another side of medicine a lot of us don't think about. But when you're in an administrative role, but still in the clinical aspect of it, you're still indirectly treating patients, not not necessarily, you know, like at the bedside, but you're, you what you're doing makes a difference. Decisions you make from an administrative standpoint does make a difference. So Throughout my career, I I got experience both at the hospital and the clinic setting. I had an opportunity presented to me to uh, do this CMO role at Blue Cross, and I thought, wow, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Oklahoma has around a million members. And I thought, wow, you could affect people's lives on that kind of scale, not directly, obviously, but indirectly and, and really make a difference it's a fit for me. I love doing it. I love addressing issues of members. I call, They're members now, right? right. Uh, it was patients, now it's members. I think it's the same for me. It doesn't matter. <laughs> they're always patients for me, but they're members. But to be able to ensure that you can bring or offer quality care at a reasonable cost like we do, I mean, it's a big deal. And 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 even more so with what we're talking about today, for those folks that are in my folks that are from rural Oklahoma, it's a big deal.
0: No, thank you for sharing that. I mean, the entire premise of why we wanted to start this podcast and why we wanted to highlight the work going on with the health plans is because it's such a misunderstood part of the healthcare community. And, you know, everybody knows we're the payers, but they don't understand how many physicians nurses, individuals that specialize in so many areas of, you know, the hands-on part of healthcare care actually work for the health plans.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it just goes, you know, the other side to it in the health plans too, that a lot of folks don't understand is, is in the network side and, and it's making sure that the care that's delivered is high quality. And that has to do with what physicians or what groups you contract with. And I mean, there's a whole lot to it, as you all know, but in my role as a CMO, I have input in that and I deal with those types of issues on a daily basis. So there's a lot that goes into it. Does somebody have the benefit or does somebody qualify for this and that? There's so much more to it when it comes to if I'm out in Erie, Oklahoma, out there on the border, there's, there's hardly any healthcare around. Can I bring to bear? Can Blue Cross Blue Shield of Oklahoma bring to bear? A contract with the physician that will provide access for that member that far out in that part of the state. It's those things, those little things like that, that make a huge difference in someone's life, especially in rural Oklahoma.
0: So spot on so you were raised in rural oklahoma and you have first-hand experience and knowledge of the challenges in caring for rural residents let's talk first about barriers so could you share some of the obstacles that prevent or maybe delay rural residents from accessing care and i know there's a plethora of you know things that we could talk about provider shortages physical distance from care lack of broadband access rural hospital <laughs> shortages. So yeah. let's kind of dig into that and what do you see as some of the most challenging obstacles?
1: Yeah, I think the most glaring thing for everybody is just access. And when you when someone says access, what I think about is is a healthcare service that is not only available, so it's, it may it's offered to somebody, but can you even get to it? Can you drive to it? Can you call into it? Can you get it at the right hour that, that fits you? I mean, so certainly being accessible. And as as we know, in rural Oklahoma, that is certainly not the case. You know, one of the things we're experiencing not only across this country, but it's amplified in rural areas, even in, in especially in Oklahoma, is the shortage of healthcare workers. It's been going mm-hmm. on for quite some time. It's even getting worse. But once again, it's amplified even the in the rural parts of our state. So I'll give you some numbers here. In Oklahoma on average, there's one primary care physician for about every 1,600 residents. And it varies wow. somewhat on a county basis. But if you look at nationally, there's one primary care physician to about 300 residents, 300 and some odd. So you can already see the the big disparities there.
0: I am wide-eyed right now, just for the, <laughs> for the record. I did not know that number.
1: Well, listen to this. So Tulsa County uh, up here, you've mm-hmm. got one primary care physician for about every 900, maybe 1,000 residents. Go down to Cole County, just southeast or east of Ada. Now you're talking about one primary care physician for every 5,500 residents. It's bad. It's
0: just, man, it makes you just almost like puts you in shock to think about that. It
1: does. You know, and then the one last thing I want to bring up is just in Oklahoma alone, there's a Bureau of Healthcare it's called workforce, healthcare workforce. But they said there's some 190 designated uh, professional shortage areas just in Oklahoma. And obviously the majority are out in the rural area. And so when you take into account that Oklahoma, what do we have roughly a 4 million residents in Oklahoma, give or take, right? Mm -hmm. Well, 1.4 million or almost a third those residents all live out in the rural areas. So now we're talking about huge numbers of people that are affected by these ongoing Healthcare care shortages. Another thing you want to think about when we live in rural Oklahoma is the travel, to distances. You have to travel long distances to receive care, not only for primary care, but think about if you have to go see a specialist. I mean, you may have to go, you know, hours, couple hours, it depends on where you live. So, you know, travel time for folks, cost for that, when you talk about time away from work to do that, it all adds up and makes access very difficult uh, for folks in, in rural Oklahoma. The other thing that is, is kind of interesting, and if there's one or two primary care physicians in town, and that's who you go to, because that's how you have to go to, you know, there's a lot of people are very uncomfortable about sharing something very personal with their physician, even though they may be their physician, you know, they, they may sit next to them in church, they may eat, with, eat next to them in a restaurant. And sometimes the anonymity portion uh, comes into play in these real small towns, because Nobody wants, I mean, sometimes you just don't want everybody to know you're not everybody, but you don't want your physician to know all your business. So that's a barrier too that a lot of folks don't think about. And then lastly, I would say around telehealth, telehealth's been great, but unless you have access to true broadband to get the video messaging going, get all that information, that data gets sent over. If you don't have access to a good broadband internet, you're not going to be able to do that as effectively. So, and the last thing I'll say is, just access to health insurance, and just in Oklahoma itself, um, I think 15 to 20% of Oklahomans are uninsured. And that's a travesty.
0: Gosh, it's, I mean, I know that this must have such an impact. So we talk about these barriers. What are the impacts you're seeing on health outcomes in rural Oklahoma because of this? You know, are, are you seeing a higher prevalence of health issues in rural communities versus more urban areas?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And a lot just for the for the barriers we just talked about. But there's, there's many factors when you talk about health outcomes. There is a large gap between rural and urban America. There is a, a CDC, as I was kind of studying up for this, this podcast, the CDC did a series of studies around the rural Americans, and they're obviously they came up and it was, it was one after another, more likely to die from heart disease, more likely to die from cancer, unintentional injury, those farm accidents and so forth, chronic respiratory disease, stroke, more so than the urban counterparts. So when you look at rural America, those rural Americans tend to have higher rates of tobacco use. They tend to have higher rates of blood pressure. They don't get as much physical activity. However, I would I would say going down rows of cotton and, and chopping out I'm unless they're
0: like you and they're hoeing those rows of cotton.
1: <laughs> of course, that doesn't <laughs> happen anymore. But. My
0: papa built fences all the time. He had like yeah. this obsession of building <laughs> random fences on our farm. That man was so healthy. So unless you're you and working in the cotton fields or my papa and building fences on his 80 acres, then yes.
1: No, exactly. And then just, you know, lastly, there's even... Uh, when you talk about seatbelt use, even in rural Oklahoma, studies have shown, or rural America, studies have shown there's lower rates of seatbelt use. So,
0: Wait, so that wasn't healthy for me when I'd hop in the back of the truck and just go yeah. around the back roads? What?
1: Well, you know what? <laughs> Honestly, I remember a time when, I'm, I'm going to age myself here a little bit. I remember when there weren't even seatbelts in cars. They, weren't uh-huh. even, they didn't have them. You just jumped in and, and go. It's crazy. <laughs> crazy, so crazy. We've come a long ways. Anyway, yeah, lifestyle factors, uh, as mentioned, certainly influence the outcomes. And then, you know, uh, rural Oklahoma obviously has higher rates of poverty that comes into. So obviously access to the health care and then uh, people in poverty have a lower likelihood of having health insurance. So it's all multifactorial, but uh, it all winds up putting rural Americans, rural Oklahomans into a into a spot that is is certainly not advantageous as far as uh, their health
0: well this is a depressing podcast so far (laughs) we have talked about the bleak outlook of all of these things right let's turn around now and let's bring a little bit of light to the discussion and let's talk about how we can actually improve these things so we have a challenge ahead of ourselves Let's talk about what you all at Blue Cross Blue Shield are doing to improve access to care in rural areas. Since that was, you know, one of the top barriers you listed first, let's talk about what you're doing to improve that.
1: So love it, Haley. So you set that up beautifully. Yeah, we talked about all the bad things, right? So let's let's pull the covers back and let's figure out, you know, there are answers. There are answers and solutions to the problems that we just went over. From Blue Cross Blue Shield of Oklahoma standpoint, one of the things that we have is is a mobile assistance center. So we call it the MAC or mobile assistance center. And it's interesting that they, they pull it around. It's on a tow bar and they pull around literally this this module that almost looks like a transformer when you open it up. It, it opens up to this unit that has computers and, and, and portals in it where where we can uh, do a lot for uh, Oklahomans around you know if they have questions on their health insurance or have questions about different things so they provide health insurance education they go around to different parts of the state I mean they go all over the state these these men and women are out literally. And they're out 365, but they're out many, many days of the year. They'll go out to Gaiman, they'll go out to Goodwell, they'll go down to uh, southeastern Oklahoma, down by Idabel. they're everywhere. And so, what they're able to do, they can provide one on one assistance around health insurance, education, questions folks may have. And yes, we can even get them enrolled uh, if they would like. So, that team specializes in allowing our members to connect with specific groups of people. And they go to, like I said, these different places. Some of the things that they do is enrolling in Medicaid. That's a a big deal. We Mm -hmm. also uh, serve members of our tribal nations. And we also go into the Latino community. There's areas that we focus on that we know that there's a great need. uh, Even aside from rural America, Or rural Oklahoma that these these uh, folks go to. Another thing I'd like to to talk about is we have a thing called the Oklahoma Caring Bands, and so it's kind of run by the Oklahoma. Okay, you know that? Yes, yes, it's awesome. So you got tell our
0: listeners about it. I know all about it, but tell our listeners about that program because I love it.
1: Yeah, so it's run by a foundation. It's a five hundred one c three. It's called the Oklahoma Caring Foundation. Um, It's funded by community contributions and Blue Cross Blue Shield uh, administers it uh, sort of an an in-kind donation, so I want to get that out there. So what it does is it provides free immunizations to children across the state. It has these mobile clinics, these vans that go out and go everywhere, and it's wonderful. It's uh, somewhat of a partnership. I think there's some county health department nurses that help us with that as well, but it's designed to eliminate some of the barriers that we've been talking about, barriers that prevent kids from receiving their age-appropriate immunizations, and so we've had partnerships with the Choctaw Nation, the Chickasaw Nation. Southern Plains Tribe Health Board, it's all over the place. And so we're very, very proud of the work that foundation does and the the carrying vans. And I I know a lot of people probably seen them going down the road because they're out and everywhere all the time. And then Haley, the last thing I want to mention is we do donate to the, uh, there's an Oklahoma Physician Manpower Training Commission um, that basically provides a loan repayment. It's a loan repayment program that will pay up to 200000 in medical debt for doctors that will practice medicine in rural parts of the state. So we're happy to donate to that. We've donated some, I think, half a million already to, to fund that loan repayment program. And so it just it's one other thing that, that will help to improve access in the rural and the tribal communities, just like we've been talking about. And then the last thing last thing I'll mention, still good news. So our network of providers, which I kind of alluded to earlier, we try to make those as large as we can. We try to get contracts with physicians, whether it's groups, singles, whatever it is, any kind of, any kind of area that, that we see the need. And I'm happy to say that we have providers of care in all 77 counties in Oklahoma. We have a network of physician providers. So I'm happy to share that as well.
0: Congratulations on that! I know building out a network is a tough, tough job. So congratulations on that. So, what changes do you think need to be made within our healthcare system or in healthcare policy that would help improve health outcomes and access in rural communities?
1: Oh, wow, um, good question. So, let's talk about kind of what's what's been happening as far as shift in the delivery model for healthcare. In my career, I've seen much, much more emphasis, and it's sorely needed emphasis on mental health as part of looking at the holistic part of taking care of somebody. So mental health has certainly become in the forefront. And through COVID, we've seen an anxiety and depression because of various things that, that COVID did to us. So it's a big deal. We have seen an evolution of urgent care and ER care in rural settings. There's certainly, even in my hometown of Weatherford, I've seen um, there's a couple of urgent cares that have moved into town. And so, providing that venue of care, we've seen that. Uh, One thing that we're doing here at Blue Cross is we're continuing to partner uh, with the tribal nations on health initiatives around that. So, from a policy standpoint, you know, I would say uh, we got to keep pushing the envelope on implementation of value-based care type offerings. So emphasizing care coordination of members, giving providers incentives to to get better health health outcomes. When you do patient-centered care, it just increases the engagement between our members and the providers. So the quality of care goes up. And when that happens, really at the end of the day, the cost of care do go down. And so ultimately for all the stakeholders, the costs tend to to drift that way. So, you know, to to get through this, the growth and adoption of health information, we've heard of My Health and some other health information exchanges across the state. That is so key when you're talking about these value-based care initiatives, when you're coordinating care, because as a physician, if you can log in and be able to look at you know somebody had a lab drawn down in Idabel but I'm a doctor in guyman I can I know that I know and I know when right. that was done and I know what the results were so I don't have to redo that or I can do what I need to do with that so that is so very key one thing that's big and we know is more and more states are shifting to the managed medicaid and we know that that's certainly on the table here in Oklahoma certainly along with that however that shakes out it doesn't matter how it shakes out value based care is going to be huge in that arena those are going to be the things that continually work to drive costs down and keep quality either at a high level or even make it higher. And then as it relates to rural, I would say uh, we have an obligation to ensure our members have access to providers locally. We talked about you know what we have in all 77 counties, but now that's in person. But what about virtually? That's going to be the next big frontier is virtual care, virtual primary care, specialized care through that so those are some of the things I think about and then of course just addressing provider shortages I talked earlier about the physician manpower training Commission there's different ways we're going to have to tap into telehealth and telemedicine many many things are on the front it's a it's an exciting time and I can tell you Haley it is accelerating fast
0: no I, I'm with you and I think you've just you know touched on briefly some of the most amazing things that the state may be seeing. And, you know, it's nice to hear how important it is that our rural communities have access to high quality care from you. And, you know, you seem like you have a real passion for this and a real hope for the future of healthcare options in rural communities. If there's anything else on your hope for the future of healthcare options in rural communities and Oklahoma as a whole, we'd love to hear it. But you're hitting on so much of that already.
1: Yeah. The only thing I would say around that, it's going to take public and private investments to make sure that somebody standing in Goodwill, Oklahoma, honestly receives the exact same quality of care that somebody would in Tulsa or in Oklahoma City. There's no excuse why that can't happen, and it has to happen, and it is happening, but we gotta keep pushing for it. So there's no way to achieve that though, but through you know public and private investments. So I think that's a it's a heavy lift, but I think I'll just close this part by saying, if we all get involved, everybody gets involved in some way, be it large or small, Together, there's really nothing that Oklahomans cannot do together to address these problems.
0: I love ending on that. We started with such depressing dialogue that I love (laughs) that we are ending on that high note. Right?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Dr. Hoffman, it's been a pleasure hearing your thoughts on rural healthcare and how we can create a healthier future for all Oklahomans. I could talk with you about this for hours. So hopefully we'll get to do something (laughs) fun like this again, but, um, thank you. I so appreciate you and Blue Cross Blue Shield's commitment to reaching the hard to reach. Thank you for listening to conversations on care hosted by the Oklahoma association of health plans. We hope you've enjoyed hearing from one of our dedicated health professionals who is working hard to deliver better care. Tune in next time to hear more about the meaningful efforts of health plans to create a healthier Oklahoma.